What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike, obviously. This is my 100th podcast episode. Hopefully it won't be my last, although it will be my last, at least for the time being. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we finally did it. Uh, I started this thing four years ago. I took like a year off in the middle when I got a different job when I was working with the Padres. I couldn't do the podcast then. I brought it back. Uh, most recently, I took a little breaks here and there. Uh, it's been like a month since my last episode, which is terrible. Uh, I like to get it out back in the day. It was once a week. Then it was twice a month. Now it's like whenever I get a free time. So uh, we finally made it, though. We're to 100, and I wanted to get to this milestone, and I'm so glad that you're here with me as well. I did an all Q&A, fan Q&A for this episode. I've done it once before. You guys sent me a ton of great questions then. You did the same thing now. So we'll get to all those in a second. But first, right at the top, I just want to uh, shamelessly plug all my social media. Find me at Mike Janella. It spells my name the same way it does in the title of this podcast. And find me anywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. And if you want to hear any old episodes of this show... Go to MikeJanella.com or check out the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your pods. All right, let's get down to business. Uh, We're going to get right into the questions, and I separated them into a few different categories. There's the uh, wait what uh, section that we're going to start with. Then there's some professional stuff. Then there's a grab bag, which is a bunch of everything. Then there's some WWE stuff, which a lot of you guys sent me questions about that. I was surprised about how many of those that I got. We've got a special message from a former guest and a, an always friend of the show. And then we've got some uh, goodbyes at the end. So I'll explain it all. But let's get started. Let's see our first one. So this is the, uh, wait, what section? And the first one is for uh, my old boss, actually, Paul Morris, uh, Freak Show Pop on Instagram. And I sent out the call on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and even LinkedIn, of all places. Like, how old am I? Um, for questions. So all of you guys, no matter where you came from with your uh, questions, Thanks for sending them. I really appreciate it. So uh, Paul says, wait, this is your last episode, question mark? And uh, yeah, it is uh, for now. So what's happened is that my show, if you guys have listened to it in the past, you know that every episode, for the most part, like 95% of the time, it was all about finding a guest and having them uh, come on the show and someone cool, someone that had an exciting career or job. And uh, the tagline for the podcast was, uh, cool jobs, cooler people. So folks from like sports and entertainment and pop culture and people who just did really unique things. And I would talk to them about it and learn about their job and career and their path and what we could learn from them. Well, it's hard after 100 episodes to keep that up with guests. Like I ran out of people to talk about, basically, I've talked to basically. So, uh, you know, now with my, uh, my recent nine or 10 months of unemployment and then the way that my jobs work now, I don't really meet that many new people that I would bring on the podcast. Like I used to host talk shows and we would have celebrity guests on or I would do uh, different things here and there working with other people and I would just have this constant flow of new folks coming in to my life that I could uh, get to know and talk to about all kinds of stuff. Uh, That well has kind of dried up. That river's trickled out, uh, keeping the water metaphors going. So yeah, uh, I don't want to be that guy that just does a podcast every week talking by himself. This is a very uh, big exception. So for the time being, I wanted to get to 100 episodes just to say I did it. 
But yeah, this is going to be a break. The show's going to go on hiatus. I am thinking about retooling it a little bit, maybe doing like Mike's story time of some of the fun stuff I've done in the past. I've got a lot of great stories from my time at Guinness World Records and working for uh, the Padres and now for the Mets and a bunch of other places. But I've got to figure out if I can get a a co-host that can ask the questions with me or uh, how we're going to tape or how often I can do it. I'm still getting used to my new schedule. Uh, So yeah, uh, short answer, this is my last episode Longer answer, it's my last episode for now. Um, And check out Paul. He works at NASA now, which is amazing stuff. He does social content for them. So uh, at Freak Show Pop on Instagram and NASA anywhere. I'm sure you've heard of them. Uh, Similarly, uh, msal0689 wanted to know, what is this and farewell to what? When I was asking people for questions for my farewell. This is my podcast, man. So if you're new to this, uh, guys, we're at episode 100. There are literally 100 episodes to go back and listen to. I talked to some amazing people uh, over the years. Skylar Aston, the incredible actor. Uh, Stack Guy Greg, the wrestling uh, fiend. Sarah Priebus, who you've probably seen acting in a whole bunch of stuff. She used to host HQ Trivia. A bunch of other folks. Uh, people who have given up cell phones and lived off the grid sailing around the world. People that work for uh, Amazon and Billboard and ESPN. Just tons of amazing people that I had the the honor to talk to who, for whatever reason, decided it was cool to talk to me on my podcast. Uh, So go back and listen. Find an episode or two and just live in the good times because, yeah, for now they are over. And it's a farewell for now to doing this podcast, at least in the way that I've been doing it. Next round, professional stuff. These are a couple questions I got on uh, my process, which was cool because that's usually the kind of questions that I would ask other people on the show. The first one comes from Jade Fulce on LinkedIn. Jade wants to know, it's a two-part question, how did you get started and what advice do you have for aspiring podcasters? Um, I'm going to tackle this two ways. So how did I get started? If it's how I got started in my career in general, I'm going to do a shameless plug and some cross-promotion. So I wrote a two-part blog for this uh, web service called the Clubhouse. It's from Sports Business Solutions, which helps people get better at working in the business of sports. And uh, for their little thing called The Clubhouse, I wrote about how I broke into sports casting and essentially broadcasting at large. And then what some of my uh, personal tips are and the pitfalls and the good stuff and a second part as well. So uh, check it out. Uh, look for, let me get their Twitter handle up here. I think, well, I'm not going to say what I think it is because that may be wrong. Uh, it's twitter.com slash the underscore clubhouse and the number one. So go on Twitter, the underscore clubhouse and then the number one, the digit. And if you look on their feed, they will have posted to uh, my blogs in the last couple of days, in the last week for sure. Uh, but also just Google the clubhouse and Mike Janella, and that'll show up. Uh, if you're looking for advice on how I got started as a podcaster, I just did it. Uh, and that goes to your second question, Jade. What advice do I have for aspiring podcasters? Uh, number one, definitely have an idea of what you want to talk about, right? Most podcasts, it's either you're just shooting the shit once a week or you're doing something uh, narrative, like serial or whatever. Uh, unless you're that creative, I, I found this to be much easier for me to do. Uh, but find a, find a voice, find something that sticks out about your podcast. For me, it was talking to a different person every week. It's kind of like the Bill Simmons 
uh, Joe Rogan model. Other people like to have a friend of theirs or a coworker. They talk about the same thing every week. Uh, I used to do that with my friend uh, Betsy Struxness, the former Broadway actress and now professional dancer who's killing it in L.A. And we were talking about the WWE wrestler Roman Reigns every single week. We would just break down his week and his performance, and we got some good feedback on that. So, A, find something unique from your perspective, your point of view that you want to talk about, and then B, Make sure your equipment's good. That is the biggest thing. A lot of people just think they can hit record on their iPhone and talk into that and then put a podcast out. But no, you got to make it sound as good as possible. And I listened back on some of my early episodes and I absolutely cringe. It sounds terrible because uh, I was using a bad microphone. I was using bad recording software. It was just terrible. And then finally, I was able to refine it and do some more research and with trial and error, get to what I think was a pretty good sounding system by the end. If you want specific details, I'm not going to go into a whole like 20 minute, here's the model of microphone you should use, whatever. Uh, hit me up. Again, I'm at Mike Janella on everything. And whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter, Instagram, DMs, Facebook, whatever, uh, just find me and I'll be happy to help you out in getting any one of you into the podcast world. Because uh, I'm leaving, so someone's got to take my place. Uh, moving on. Second uh, professional uh, question here from Carrie Loom, who I sort of used to work with at the Zoom Media Group. Carrie's down in South Carolina, I believe. Uh, we never met, but she would always record from her home studio. I would be up here in New York. I would see her videos sometimes. We'd chat once in a while on social media. And Carrie says this one. Do you book uh, your, through an agent or, like me, just ask people for work? Interesting question, because I have, I hope, an interesting answer. Yeah, for those of you who are not in the media world, a lot of people get their work through agents. They sign with an agent, they have an agent, and the agent is the one who finds a lot of job opportunities and a lot of openings for hosts that don't ever make it to the public. They find these out because they talk to the people that are doing the hiring, the people that are behind the shows, and they're told, hey, we need a person that can do this, that looks like that, that sounds like this, that has that experience, et cetera, X, Y, Z. And that talent agent will have someone on their roster that can be like, all right, that's the person that you want. Here, I'm going to send them over. And they can sort of, you know, get right to the front of the pack there. Uh, it's a little unfair. Uh, I've had experience over the years. I have never had an agent. Uh, I've been doing everything now, you know, 15 plus years in this industry all by myself. And I see people that have gotten jobs that I never knew were even open. I've talked to friends of mine who have agents that have been going for jobs that I never even knew existed. And I'm just thinking, what the hell? How come I can't get one of these how come I'm not getting access to these opportunities? I've done okay so far, I think, uh, but I could be doing maybe a lot better. Who knows? Or maybe a lot worse. You also hear about a lot of agents who are just really bad at their jobs and people don't like working with them. So um, it's tough and I've tried. Trust me, I've tried. So if anyone knows an agent out there that's been listening or you know, is an agent that would like to uh, talk about representing me, let me know because I have been going for 15 years up against the wall with no uh, real help. Uh, I do, I know an agent. Uh, he's not officially my agent, but we have a professional relationship. We'll talk every once in a while. He has sent me some gigs in the past. He has uh, hooked me up with some opportunities before. So I won't say uh, completely I've had no uh, you know, help or anything like that, uh, but I've never really had an official, yeah, I signed a contract with an agent kind of thing. So for me, how do I book work? Yeah, a little bit is working with that guy. Uh, a little bit, most of it otherwise is Places like Backstage.com, uh, Actors Access, Casting Networks, 
LinkedIn helps every once in a while. Uh, Media Bistro is a great website. When I was back in sportscasting, STAA Talent was great for finding play-by-play -play jobs. So there's lots of jobs out there. And then it's also, like Carrie said, people. You got to ask people. And the more you work, the more of a network you have. And you have to stay in touch with them, which I'm really bad at. I'm terrible. But I try and get better with networking every single year. And then, yeah, if you're good, people are going to remember working with you. They're going to come back to you and ask you if you want to do stuff with them in the future. So I wish there was some magic bullet. But uh, thankfully, those websites are all awesome. And if you're good at your job and you're good to people, people will be good to you. It makes sense in life, and it also makes sense professionally. And that's kind of how it's been for me this whole time. All right, time for a sip of water. That's the thing I noticed when I did this fan Q&A thing last time is that me doing all the talking instead of asking a question or two and then letting my guests do all the talking means the, the breath gets out fast and the throat gets dry just as quickly. But we're going to move on and it's time now for the grab bag. Now this is a little bit of everything. These are all the questions that I got from people that I could not really put into a category. So they're all just here. Let's get to it. Um, underscore El Super Bisto on Instagram wanted to know, who do I think is going to die in the battle of Winterfell? Oh man, winter's here. Uh, yeah, Game of Thrones, I am a huge fan, as I'm sure many of you listening are, and I'm recording this on a Wednesday. We just saw a couple days ago the season two, or sorry, season eight, episode two of Thrones. Everyone's getting ready for the battle of Winterfell, and now in a couple days we're going to have it actually coming to our TVs, and I'm already getting emotional and crying because we're going to lose a lot of people. Uh, El Super Beast, so to answer your question, I think a lot of people are going to die. Um, let's, uh, let me see here. I got this uh, page up. This features all the characters that appeared in last episode. So I'm just going to run through them real quick and see who I think is going to survive or not. Uh, so like Cersei, a bunch of other people that were not, Euron, they're not in the episode. Uh, I'm not going to even talk about them because I'm assuming they won't be involved. Uh, these are people... I'm not saying they won't survive the series. So some of these people, I think, will survive this episode, the Battle of Winterfell, but will die later on. All right. So all this is who I think is going to die this Sunday, Battle of Winterfell, Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert! If you don't want to listen to this or you're a couple episodes behind, whatever, uh, just hit that fast-forward button for like two minutes or so. All right, let's go down the list here. Uh, Jamie Lannister. He will survive. He still has to have a showdown with Cersei at some point later in the season. Uh, Daenerys, she's surviving. She's got to make it till either the end or the close to the end. Jon Snow, he's surviving. Sansa, she's surviving. Tyrion, he's surviving. Uh, just like Jaime, I think he has to have one more showdown with uh, Cersei at some point. Uh, Lord Varys, uh, our favorite eunuch. He survives. Yeah, he's just going to like sneak out of some tunnel somewhere, I think. He is, uh, he's going to make it. Uh, Miss Sande, she's gone. Uh, this is what I think is going to happen. So she and Grey Worm had their big kiss, their big, we're going to retire on the beach when I get back from this battle, which is just the worst thing you could do, bro. Why are you going to have that talk right before uh, you go to basically... Um, your death. But here's what I think is going to happen. I think we're all expecting that Grey Worm is going to die in battle and Missande is going to be just devastated about that. I think Game of Thrones style, classic flip the script style, it's going to be Missande who somehow dies. Grey Worm is going to come back from battle and be triumphant and be happy that he survived and that he can see his woman and they can have their happy life together. 
and he's going to find out that she somehow was lost and he is going to be the one, the man who was raised to have no emotion, learned to have emotion, is now going to have the biggest emotional gut punch of all. That's what I think is going to happen. Sorry, Masande. We loved you. We loved your multilingualism, but you're going to have to go. Uh, so Grey Worm survives. Masande dies. Uh, Jorah Mormont, he's gone. Uh, Brienne of Tarth, this is a tough one. Uh, I think she... It was too easy. I think it's too easy for her to be set up to die after her whole knighthood ceremony thing. I think she survives. I think Game of Thrones is going to be um, flipping it on us a couple times. I think she makes it and I think dies later on, I would say. But I think she survives this uh, episode. Uh, Lady Karstark, I forget which one she is. I don't have an answer. Lord Royce, I don't know who that is. Uh, Liana Mormont. Uh, she'll survive because Jorah's going to die, so Liana's going to be the future House Mormont. She's good. Uh, Davos Seaworth, he will uh, survive. Uh, Bran Stark, he will survive. Grey Worm, we already talked about. He's going to make it. Gendry, see ya, buddy. I'm sorry. Um, you had your nice romp with Arya. I think that's going to be your last night on Earth. Not a bad way to go out, but I don't think he's making it. Uh, Arya does survive. Podrick. He's not making it. I think he's going to die like in the arms of Brienne or Brienne's going to see him get stabbed or something. The way I see it, he's going to kill a White Walker and he's going to be so excited. He's going to turn around to Brienne and be super pumped and have this nice smile on his face. And Brienne's going to be happy. And then you're going to see the look on her face just drop as another Walker comes up from behind Pod and stabs him in the back. And that's going to be the end of Pod the God. Uh, Maester Wolken, I think he survives. Theon, nah, dude, not gonna make it. Giving himself up to protect Bran, he is, uh, he's no good. Uh, Gilly's gonna survive. Uh, let's see. Dolores Ed, he's gone. Uh, Samuel Tarly, he's surviving. I think he's making it to the end. Uh, Lord Beric, the guy who's already been brought back from the dead like 30 times, he is not gonna make it one more time. His dude is gone, and this dude, uh, now is not gonna make it with nobody else to resurrect him. Uh, Tormund is going to make it. He'll survive because he uh, drinks dragon breast milk and survives everything. Uh, Clegane, the hound, will also survive. I think he's going to save Lord Beric somehow, but then lose him anyway and just deal with that sadness. And then baby Sam will survive with Gilly. So, quickly again, Jamie survive. Danny, Jon Snow, Sansa, Tyrion, Varys survive. Missande, no. Jorah, no. Brienne, yes. A bunch of people I don't care about. Who cares? Uh, Liana, yes. Sir Davos, yes. Bronn, Grey Worm, yes. Gendry, no. Arya, yes. Podrick, no. Theon, no. Gilly, yes. Ed, no. Samwell, yes. Beric, no. Tormund, yes. The Hound, yes. And baby Sam with his mom, Gilly. Let me know how I did uh, after the episode. I'm sure we'll see. We're going to lose a lot of people. There are going to be a lot of tears on Sunday night. Next question, uh, Archie asks, uh, and Arch uh, has, has some great questions in our last fan Q&A, so thanks uh, for coming back again, Arch. He wants to know, dating tips, question mark? Uh, oh man, this is a can of worms I don't think I'm going to get too deep into. Uh, whatever works for you, man. Depends where you live. Uh, in New York, the dating apps are huge because there are just so many people around. Uh, I've been with a girlfriend for the better part of the last year. 
that's a bit of a complicated situation, which I'm not going to get into here on the podcast out of respect for us and boredom for you. But uh, I assume all of the big apps are still the same. Hinge, Bumble, uh, Tinder. There's a bunch now where you need to be like vetted to get in. The League, uh, Raya, I think is one of them. So uh, I don't know what the app situation is these days, but... Those are cool now. There used to be a big stigma. I remember friends who met on like OkCupid or Match or whatever would get married and people would talk about it a lot. Now that just seems to be the common thing. So uh, yeah, date around was my biggest tip, but also don't uh, settle if you're not happy for it. You don't want to be in a three-year relationship and then realize, oh, this isn't the person for me. Uh, And let alone three years, like three months, you know, if it's someone that you don't picture yourself spending the rest of your life with potentially, at least if you're an older age, like Arch and I are kind of the same age. Uh, that's what I say. You know, when you're young, you have time to, to see what works for you and uh, to give some extra time to that stuff in your life. But as you get older, you know what you like, you know what you want, and you kind of get to that quickly. Uh, however, if you're a gentleman, uh, if you're a guy, I guess, if you're anybody, my dating tips are don't be a creep when you're texting or messaging on the apps. Be cool. I know a lot of my friends ask really weird and intrusive questions, thinking they're breaking the mold and standing out. Just don't be weird and you know offer to pay. I know it's like an old traditional thing, uh, but as a guy, I always offer to pay on the first date still. Seems like people like that. So those are my tips uh, from a guy who's been out of the game for a little while. Uh, next question from Alyssa Salvatore. Hey, she's one of my uh, co-hosts over at Reward the Fan, our trivia app. Uh, she wants to know, why are you so cool? Uh, I think Alyssa's asking that sarcastically uh, because she knows me pretty well. So I'm not going to dignify that with a response, Alyssa. Uh, If you were being genuine, though, I uh, sincerely appreciate it and apologize for not taking your question seriously. Um, uh, MSAL0689, who had a question earlier about what is this and what's it a farewell to, uh, he also had another question, a real one, and this is a a bit out of the blue because it's the middle of April and it's football he's talking about, but hey. Good question. Do you agree that Aaron Rodgers, that's the Green Bay Packers quarterback, is more talented, and he made sure to put talented in all caps, than Tom Brady? Yeah, I think everyone kind of agrees with that. Tom Brady, you look at Tom Brady, right? Even in his prime, he was kind of a lunky, slow, lead-footed. He could throw the deep ball, but not with the same zip that some other guys with stronger arms could. Uh, The thing with Tom Brady was that he was accurate as hell, and smarter than hell. Uh, and that was the thing with that, guys. He could just uh, manipulate defenses and uh, ma- sort of, I'm trying to think of the other word, but manipulate, I guess, is the right word, too, for his offense. Be able to change the offense to what he saw and based on the parts he had. I mean, think about it. He had that 2001 offense where uh, they were going up against the greatest show on turf, and he's throwing at guys like Deion Branch and... Um, I mean, Wes Welker, I think, at the beginning of that run for a long time. And then he goes to that 2017 where he had someone like Randy Moss where he's throwing 60-yard bombs to that he never had before. Then he had that two tight end set for a while with Gronk and, and he who shall not be named who's in jail. Uh, and then now he's just kind of like making it work with every assembly line running back of all time. So, yeah, I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback uh, of all time. But Aaron Rodgers was always faster and had a stronger arm and a better arm and I think Aaron Rodgers a lot of people are saying recently that he's the most talented quarterback of all time I don't think they're wrong Uh, so I think he's more talented than Tom Brady sure but is he better than Tom Brady no because nobody has been from one football to another 
an Americana in Portugal on Instagram. Uh, that's Joanna, a follower. She's teaching yoga and moved from here in Brooklyn in America to my homeland of Portugal. And uh, it's actually, follow her Instagram, it's underscores in it. So it's un, A-N, underscore, Americana, underscore, in, that's E-M, underscore Portugal. That means an American in Portugal, in Portuguese. She wants to know, who's your favorite Portuguese soccer team, football? Uh, hers is FC Porto, uh, Porto, to those of you who watch them in Champions League and stuff. Hey, Joanna, that's my favorite team, too. Um, I will admit, you know, I love soccer. If you guys know, you followed me. I've been to the last two World Cups. I've been there in person. I went to a Euro Cup. I've been to uh, tons of MLS games. I've gone to English Premier League games. I've been to Portuguese League games. I love the sport. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I follow the Portuguese League on a consistent basis. There's just too many sports here in America to keep up with on a daily basis. Plus, you know, La Liga, the Premier League, a bunch of international stuff, Champions League. I unfortunately just can't watch um, Porto on a, on a daily basis. But they were the favorite team of my grandfather because they were the big team, the biggest team, closest to where he grew up, so he was always into the blue, into the, the dragon, and that's what he sort of raised us as. We are northerners as well uh, from Portugal, my family, and so uh, Porto, whenever they make it to you know, the Champions League and they advance, I'm always watching, always cheering for them, so uh, yeah, Porto is my squad, and glad to hear that you are a dragon now as well. Last one in the grab bag, SD Pods one wants to know, are you ready? to admit how terribly wrong it is to put ketchup on cheesesteaks. No, uh, no, of course not, never wrong. Um, so those of you that are new to this, this was something that was a huge thing for my time when I worked with the Padres. Uh, I photographed my dinner one night at a game and I was eating a cheesesteak with some fruit and I had put ketchup on my cheesesteak, like I always do, like I have since I was four years old. And my picture was about how, oh, you got to have balance in life. A cheesesteak on one half of your meal, but, you know, fruits and vegetables on the other. That's not what people fixated on. They were all obsessed with me putting ketchup on my cheesesteak. And that it was some horrible, horrendous, like, cardinal sin to taint a, the sanctity of a cheesesteak with Heinz. And everyone's kind of been on the fence about it, but mostly on the side that says that's anti-ketchup. That's just really railing on me. And I haven't lived it down now for three years. Guys, like, A, eat whatever you want. I don't judge you for putting, like, cheese on your apples or whatever. I don't know, whatever things you, it is that you might eat uniquely. So, A, let me live, all right? Um, do your thing. That's kind of the, the model that I live by. And B... Like, don't get it twisted. There's nothing wrong with that. People put ketchup on hamburgers, right? What's the difference between a hamburger and a cheesesteak except for the way the meat's prepared? Like, what's the big deal? It's still meat. It's still cheese. It's still bread. If I like ketchup on my cheesesteak, I'm not going to tell you to not put ketchup on your hamburger or your hot dog or whatever else people put ketchup on. Like, come on, man. Uh, nothing wrong at all with putting ketchup on a cheesesteak. Um, so... Come to my aid, anybody who agrees with me on social media, because uh, I think that's something that uh, we should all just let each other eat what we want to eat. And I, I'm sick of being oppressed for my cheesesteak ketchupness. Um, but no, SD Pods one. Uh, yeah, sorry, man, but I am never going to apologize for how wrong it is, because to me, there's nothing wrong about it. All right, a little more water here. See, this is the time where I wish I had like a sponsor. I wish my podcast was famous enough or had a bigger enough audience that I could just say, all right, here's a word from 
HelloFresh or whatever, but that's not the case. So you're getting me and me out of breath at certain times, but now it's time to recharge because we're going to the WWE section. Now, some of these are questions that I think even if you're not a wrestling fan, you'll be able to appreciate. So uh, let's start off with uh, TJ Basala on uh, Instagram. He wanted to know, my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, it's actually a current wrestler. It's Roman Reigns. So some of you guys may know this guy. He's sort of the big, uh, the big, he's the big dog, right? He's the number one guy that WWE has right now in terms of a full-time wrestler. Uh, he's the guy, actually, that I used to have that weekly podcast about where we talked about everything Roman did on a weekly basis in the wrestling world. He is the cousin of The Rock in real life. They have like a Samoan blood ritual thing where they became cousins sort of legally. And he's the guy who just came back from fighting leukemia in real life. So he's been in WWE for uh, seven years. Uh, had to leave late last year because of a recurrence of the cancer. But he was gone for, I think, six or seven months. He was able to fight it. It's in remission. He is now still having treatment. I think he's taking an oral medication, he said on the record, for the rest of his life, basically. But he's back, and he's back on top, and he's back in our life. So maybe you've heard his story. He's my favorite because he's the guy that was the cool badass when I got back into wrestling in, like, 2014. And ever since then, just the way he carries himself, all the crap he's had to put up with uh, from the fan base... And he's actually a good wrestler. Like, he's a great wrestler. He's gotten so much better on the microphone. So me having been on his train, I think, from day one and seeing all the trials and tribulations he's gone through to now be accepted by the fans and be over, yeah, I mean, he's my favorite now. He always will be. I own a couple of his T-shirts. And, uh, yeah, he's my guy. Uh, for people asking, like, who's my favorite all-timer, uh, it's Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. That's who I grew up with. That was the big rivalry at the time that I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. Um, I got out before the Attitude Era, so I was out of wrestling before Steve Austin and The Rock and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels from when I was a kid, and then uh, now it's Roman Reigns, uh, but he's my favorite, I think, of all time. Uh, Armand Sidhu wants to know, and I hope I said your name right, uh, Armand, uh, who's your favorite current WWE superstar? He had a three-part question. I kind of already answered that. Uh, why do you think WWE keeps giving Charlotte Flair the title when there are better women? And am I leaving Rewards a fan? Why? You're my favorite host. Um, well, thanks, Armand. I appreciate that. Um, and that's, by the way, guys, a guaranteed way. If I ever do this again, these fan Q&A podcasts, these listener podcasts, guaranteed way to get on the show is compliment me. Just tell me how much you love me, and that gets you a fast pass ticket right to, right to the front of the podcast. Uh, Armand, who's my favorite current WWE superstar? I told you it's uh, Roman Reigns, but some others, some honorable mentions, Seth Rollins, absolutely love the guy, and uh, the Iconics, I love what they're doing. They're a little bit below the radar for mainstream wrestling fans, but uh, those two people, or, or those two women, and Seth Rollins, those two, I guess, entities, uh, are also some of my favorites going on in, uh, in the current uh, wrestling landscape. But the New Day, uh, I mean, Kevin Owens, so many good people. What Becky Lynch has done, it's incredible. So I have a lot of favorites, uh, obviously. Uh, second part of your question, Charlotte Flair. Um, I don't know if there are better women. Charlotte Flair, daughter of Ric Flair, for those of you who may be mainstream and still listening to this. She's, I think, already the best female wrestler of all time. Uh, I've talked to Stack Guy Greg about this from ESPN's Cheap Heat a couple times, and uh, he agrees. I think even before she did this recent run with Becky Lynch up to WrestleMania, which is probably Charlotte's best career work, at least my favorite career work, I think she already was the best female wrestler of all time. So when you think there are better women, 
Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think she's the best in the ring. She's incredible on the mic. She has the pedigree. She has the look. She has that charm and that charisma. She has that it factor. So I don't mind that WWE keeps giving her uh, the title every once in a while. She has eight of them now. Uh, and also, don't forget, her dad has the record for most titles of all time. He's tied with John Cena with 16 they want to get Charlotte Flair to 16, right? That's going to be a thing in her career. And with wrestlers, you never know. They could get injured. They could decide they don't want to wrestle anymore. They could decide to go somewhere else. Look at Dean Ambrose. Um, so give her the titles as many as you can now. Get her close to 16. And then that's something she can celebrate later in her career. Um, there are a ton of great female wrestlers right now, female superstars, uh, from Becky Lynch to Bailey to uh, Sasha Banks. And we'll get to her in a second. But, uh, yeah, I think you can't go wrong with having Charlotte as sort of the like the Golden State Warriors of that, that division. She's the dynasty. She's the franchise. She's going to be there. So... Why not keep giving her the title? She's earned it. Uh, last part of his question, am I leaving Reward the Fan? No, I'm not. Uh, I think a couple of you guys who, are, who know me from hosting Reward the Fan, make sure to download it and play now. Uh, you probably thought that I'm leaving that and that this is like a farewell podcast to hosting or broadcasting. No, absolutely not. This is a farewell just to my podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. And if you're new to following me, maybe you didn't know I had a podcast. But yeah, this is it. Uh, episode 100. Uh, I'm just putting this on the shelf for a while. But you can also still see me at Reward the Fan. Don't worry. And you can also, of course, see me at every Mets home game if you're at the City Field at the stadium. Because that's where I'm working primarily for this summer. So I'm not going away from those places. Just uh, the Mike Janela Show is going on hiatus for a little while. Um, Mo Pete 114, my old buddy, Marcus Peterson, uh, from back in the day. That's a grade school friend right there. Uh, nice to hear you, Mo. Uh, he wants to know, what's your take on all the unhappy WWE superstars after WrestleMania? Um, this is a nuanced question, I think, and I'll try and give you a nuanced answer. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, a lot of these WWE superstars lately, they are not happy with the direction of their character, the direction of their career, uh, their opportunities they're getting, or lack thereof, I guess. And it's people like Sasha Banks, who you hear scuttlebutt online. Man, I just used the word scuttlebutt. I feel like a 52-year-old uh, sports writer. Uh, you, hear, you hear stuff online that, you know, she's unhappy that she had to lose the tag team titles and she wanted her release and she wanted to leave the company. Guys like Luke Harper as well. A bunch of others, you know, Ty Dillinger, um, Dean Ambrose who just left. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot going on, people that just, want out of uh, WWE. On one hand, I think it's an issue of our generation, right? Like, these are all millennials, these wrestlers. Everybody is aged. Everybody that's kind of, you know, huge. They're in our age bracket, my age bracket, like 28 to 35. Uh, and it's scary that millennials are approaching 40. Uh, I'm going to be there someday, and I'm not looking forward to it. Kind of freaking me out. But, and the, millenn the millennial mindset is that you know, after a year or two at a job, you move on, you go to the next thing. And everybody is kind of like, you know, I'm the same way in my jobs where I've wanted to try something new. And if I'm not getting the promotion that I want or the money that I want or the responsibilities that I want or the culture is not great, where's the next job? Um, where else can I go that's going to maybe be a better challenge for me, something more enriching? Uh, look at it with dating and millennials, right? You meet someone on Hinge, you go on three dates, things are going okay, but 
you know there's a million other people out there that are ready to date you as well, so why are you going to settle for okay when you can hopefully go out and find something amazing? Uh, so it's always easy to just dispose and move on to the next thing. So I think that's partly you know, sort of our generation. People always just wanting the new thing whenever things go wrong. I think that's part of it. Uh, the other part of it, though, is that some of these people are frustrated, and to them, they don't see the way things are going, and WWE has more top-level wrestlers than they ever have in the company's history right now. So if you're down on the card and you're not getting your breaks and you're not getting uh, your career going the way that you want it to, and you see literally hundreds of people ahead of you in the pecking order, yeah, maybe you think this isn't the place for me. I've got to go out somewhere else and do like a Drew McIntyre or uh, a Cody Rhodes where you can go somewhere else, make an amazing career for yourself, and then if you want to come back to WWE, you can later. Uh, so there's that option too. Uh, on the other hand, though, you hear so many stories of guys who've made it over the years, guys like The Rock, right? Guys like St even Stone Cold, some of these biggest names of all time who had to put up with so much crap at the beginning of their career. I mean, Steve Austin with the ringmaster when he came to WWE, nobody remembers that because it was you know, so unremarkable. Or The Rock when he was uh, Rocky Maivia at the start, and they looked like they were getting buried. But a lot of those guys say, hey, you got to just put your head down, put in the time, put in the work, and if you're good and you commit and you put in that dedication, then eventually you'll get noticed and you will get all the success you have wanted. And that goes, as you can tell, I'm talking very vaguely, that goes for life too and that goes for any career path and any profession. So when it comes to the wrestlers, yeah, I think it's a bit of, I understand where they're coming from because I empathize, but at the same time, I've also been in jobs where, yeah, after a while I put in that work and things do work out for the best. So I'm a little bit torn on what these people are doing, but it's also, like I said earlier, you know, Live your life. Do what you want to do. Do your thing. That's kind of the motto I live by. So if these people think that leaving WWE is the right move for them, you know, good for them. And I hope it all works out for them uh, in the end. But if it was me, I think being at the biggest, most successful wrestling company in the world, or any company, you know, if I worked for ESPN as a sportscaster, if I worked for, uh, I don't know, Kaiser Permanente as a health professional, I don't, like, I don't know industries outside of my own, really. If I worked for one of those places, I would try and make it as successful as I could once I'm already in the door, but that's just me. All right, last wrestling question, and this one cuts right to my core. From Neha Joy, WWE or mozzarella sticks, choose one. Neha, that's messed up, man. Um, so she, she knows me well, uh, Neha, and uh, she's doing great things now. She's actually my Mets predecessor. Now she's hosting for Amazon and uh, Billboard and The Hollywood Reporter. She's actually a friend of the pod. She's been on a previous episode, so go back and listen to hers if you want to hear uh, from somebody really cool. But Neha, man, this is not, this is not great, girl. Um, no, the answer, it's, uh, I got to choose WWE. I can give up mozzarella sticks. They are my favorite food, and if you guys know me, you know that these are two of my favorite things in the world. Uh, if you had thrown Bud Light in here and pizza, then we would have had all the boxes ticked. Um, I can eat other forms of fried cheese, right? I can have macaroni and cheese balls. I can eat pizza. I can do other cheese. If I lose mozzarella sticks, that's okay. And it's probably better for my cholesterol anyway. WWE, though, if I gave that up, I would be losing literally like five to ten hours, depending if there's a pay-per-view happening, of entertainment that I so love and enjoy every single week. I wouldn't be able to keep up with the changes as the industry moves on. So 
Mozzarella sticks are great. They're incredible. I love eating them. I just had some last night. But WWE would be my choice if I had to pick only one. Neha, not a nice question. Hey, speaking of WWE, we're getting close to the end here. And before we get to our wrap-up section, I did have... So here's what I was going to do, right? For my 100th episode, I was going to ask some of uh, my favorite or some of the more famous uh, guests of the show in the past to record a little message, like a 5, 10 second, just, hey, Mike, congratulations on making it to episode 100. Um, You know, best of luck in the future. Love your show, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. I asked one person to do it, and then after I did it, I felt so dirty about it because it's a little self-congratulatory, right? It's a little pat yourself on the back for me to go out and ask these people to say congratulations to me, record it, and then have me play it back on my own show. That just felt like I, it made me feel weird afterwards, so I stopped doing it. Um, if I had a producer that did all that for me, like as a surprise without me knowing, I think then it would have been very nice and sweet and touching. Uh, but me, I am my producer. I edit this thing. I record this thing. I book the people. I get the questions. So it felt weird for me to do that for myself. Um, but I did ask the one person, And it's the one person, it's that guy Greg from ESPN's Chief Heat. And I asked him first because he has appeared on this show more than any other guest. He is the only member of the Five Timers Club. Uh, He's been on there since I think episode like six or seven was his first appearance. Uh, He's come back to preview a bunch of wrestling stuff and he and I have become really good friends Literally, we just met on Twitter. He did the podcast. We ended up meeting in person a few times. And now he's uh, someone I consider a good friend. And he was able to record uh, a message for me. So while I catch my breath before saying my goodbyes, here he is uh, from ESPN's Cheap Heat, Stat Guy Greg, with a couple of words about the show. This is Stat Guy Greg from ESPN's Cheap Heat podcast. Mike Sien Janela, congratulations on 100 episodes. Um happy to be a charter member of the five timers club and i look forward to coming back five more times for the next 100 congratulations mike yeah there you have it so you can see how weird it would be if i were to just have like 10 of those in a row from different people right and it's just uh very um very i guess masturbatory uh would be the right word for it and you can tell that it just made me feel uncomfortable so uh but yes that guy greg Maybe I, when, for the next 100 episodes, whenever I do come back, you'll definitely be uh, one of my first calls uh, for a guest later. Uh, thanks for the kind words, man. And I appreciate you more than anything coming on the show as often as you did. All right, time for, uh, for the goodbyes here. Uh, one question from, uh, speaking of fans of the pod, friends of the pod, Bobby Krueger wants to know, when will Bobby appear? Uh, and speaking of uh, future guests, so Bobby is a very close personal friend of mine, one of my closest friends, and he was, he has the distinction of being the first ever guest of the Mike Janela Show. He was episode one, and then when I went on hiatus for a year when I worked for the Padres and I came back, he was my guest on that return episode as well. So, uh, Bobby, I imagine if history repeats itself, that whenever, if ever, I bring this thing back, you'll be the first one I call. So just stay ready and gorilla, my friend. And then uh, the last uh, thing here from you guys, it was uh, Shane Miller, who's the Raw Librarian on Twitter. Check him out. He's a good, uh, if you like wrestling and or uh, dogs and or Philadelphia sports, uh, he's your guy to follow. He says, and I'm assuming because he's a wrestling fan, that he's doing it in uh, the following cadence. Please don't go. Please don't go. Uh, Yeah, Shane, sorry, but I got to go. Everyone knows when it's time to hang up the boots. And uh, that's been the case for this podcast now. 
you guys can tell, right? It's been over a month since my last episode. And the one thing about podcasting, about content in general, you've got to do it consistently. You've got to do it with a reason, with a passion, with a drive behind it. And if I can't put out something for you guys when I promise to, whether it's weekly, whether it's bi-weekly, whether it's monthly, I'm not going to do it. And there's just been no way for me to know when I can podcast, with whom I can podcast. Uh, so it's, it's better for me for right now to put this thing on pause. And uh, it also cost me like 10 bucks a month to get the, uh, the space online, the bandwidth for all my... Uh, audio files. So that's some money I could use toward mozzarella sticks that I can actually still eat. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to hang this up for a little while, but I did want to make it to 100 episodes and be able to rest easy at night knowing that I hit the century mark before I called it uh, quits. And uh, that's going to pretty much do it for now. So sorry, Shane, but I am going to have to go and that's going to be that. All right, guys, that'll do it. Uh, yeah, 45 minutes plus now, uh, I think, uh, if my clock is, is right here, of me here just jabbering. You've heard enough of me, and that goes not just for this episode, but this podcast in general. Uh, I do want to give a lot of thank yous, not a lot, just a couple, to all of the guests that have come on the show. I mentioned a bunch of them earlier, but there's so many. Uh, you know, Katie Linnenzall, who's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, Jonah Carey, the sports writer, who was like my first real big get and who I asked just on Twitter. Um, you know, people, I mean, so many people that did not have to whatsoever come on the show or even answer my tweets or my DMs, just a rando asking them, hey, I have this podcast, would you like to come on? And the ability of them to just give a chance to a guy they couldn't tell from a hole in the wall and come on the show and do that stuff, it's amazing. You know, I was told... When I got the San Diego Padres uh, hosting job for Fox Sports San Diego, at the time I had hosted, I think, like 10 or 15 uh, podcast episodes, and I beat out over 500 people, more than 500 people who applied for that job, and they picked me as the host. And one of the reasons that I was told after the fact was that they listened to some of my podcast episodes, and they said, we want that vibe. We want that guy who knows how to talk to those people for up to an hour on our show. And so the fact that I created this podcast for nothing, I don't make any money on this. I lose money on this. Like I told you, I'm paying money monthly to keep this uh, online. So I'm losing money. I'm not getting anything. I don't have thousands of listeners. I'm not getting sponsorships. I don't have ad reads. I never have. I just did it for fun. I did it to talk to people, to get to know people, because I love having conversations. I did it to make myself a better host. I did it to show people that I can do this. And the fact even that it got me a job at the Major League Baseball level, which has now sent my career in a bunch of other amazing directions, that alone made it worth it. But what made it even more worthwhile have, has been all the conversations, like I said, I've talked to some incredible people, some of whom I have been really good friends, some of whom I've never talked to before in my life, and honestly haven't talked to since in some cases. But just talking to someone new every episode has really been a, a bunch of memories that I'm going to treasure forever. I've made a lot of new friends, I've made a lot of professional connections, and I've got a lot of great stories. And I got a lot of you guys who found me from those episodes that now hopefully stick with me for whatever comes next. That's my goodbye, guys. Uh, but most of all, uh, thank you to you as well for listening, downloading, subscribing along the way. One last shameless plug. All my social media, I would really love it if you or anyone you know, if you want to share my story, would give me a follow. I'm at Mike Janella across the board. 
And that, my friends, is going to do it for now. Thank you to everyone, most of all you listeners, especially those of you who have stuck with me until the literal very last minute of this podcast. As I always end every show, I'll do even better next time. Although this time, we'll see if there is a next time. Thank you all for listening, and I'll end this episode the only way I know how, just like with every episode, a very, this time, heartfelt see ya.